Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. So glad to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. Clark.com slash ask. That's where you can ask me questions. Coming up in 20 minutes, today's Clark Rageous Moment, we're going to talk about people again abusing our brave men and women in the U.S. military. You want to Clark Rage me? You pick on these patriots. And coming up in a half hour, getting fit is a great thing. But what if you can't afford to spend money to join a gym or whatever? I have great news for you about getting fit at no cost. Gosh, that sounds like a scam, doesn't it? It's not. It's coming up in just 30. I want to tell you something that's great happening in the hotel business and when I read an item about this on Market Watch, I was thinking, wow, this is so true. It's been happening in my own life. Historically, if you book a hotel when you're on the road or you're on a vacation or you're going somewhere for work, you've tended to go with a well-known and respected national brand name, a chain, Hilton, Hyatt, Marriott, um, I don't know, Courtyard, Hilton Garden Inn, whatever, whatever, whatever. And you have your go-to and you feel comfortable going there. You haven't had disappointments or as Holiday Inn would say, no surprises. But today, more than has been true in three generations, independent hotels are doing quite well. Those are hotels that don't have a well-known, recognized brand name on the building. And I was thinking through when I read this, how often now I stay at an independent. And it's because I book hotels based on star level and review. And many times... No matter where you travel in the United States or if you travel overseas, a lot of the hotels that have the best customer satisfaction ratings, best reviews, are going to be independents. You know, just because a building has a brand name on it that you recognize as a hotel, in no way means that it's going to be a good hotel. It doesn't. They're unrelated to each other quality, and name. And so if you use the ability of going on TripAdvisor or whatever you like, and you read through the reviews, quite often you'll find a gem, you'll find a great deal that is a place you've never heard of, but based on what other people say, you end up getting a great deal. And this is, this is not something that's theory. It's something that I experience again and again because I'm the ultimate generic booker of hotels. You know, I have my formula that I've got on Clark.com about how I book hotels. I book hotels without knowing what hotel I'm going to be at. 
because I book on Priceline or Hotwire, usually Priceline, and I only know the star level and the satisfaction rating on that hotel. Those are the only two things I know. And as long as I follow my formula on Priceline, four-star or above, and a customer rating of eight-plus or above, I'm never disappointed, I'm always happy, and always get a cheap deal. And when I say cheap, I mean cheap. Cheapest I've gotten in the last few months, $38 for a great hotel room. Lynn is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Lynn. Hi. How are you doing, thank Lynn? Thank you so much for taking... I'm, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate all that you do. Thank you. It's my pleasure to speak with you. Likewise. Um, I am currently employed by a public university and have been for 17 years. Um, prior to that, uh, I taught at, in a public elementary school and, and for less than five years. I have less than five years of service credit. So my question for you is, should I take my refund and roll it over? Are you in a state teacher's pension plan? I Yes. What's with the public school as well as at the university, but they're two different pension plans. Okay, so are you're a Californian. Are you in CalPERS? Yes, I'm in CalPERS now, and I was in CalSTRS. All right, so CalPERS, right, you know, is... CalSTRS, but I'm not putting... Because CalPERS has done a uh, generally a good job for people mm-hmm. with the pension benefits, so your issue is really more with the money that from your less than five years of credited service when you were a school teacher before you became a university professor? Yes. So what your options with that money, lay them out for me if you could, because we're just talking about those four-plus years of credit, right? Right, absolutely. And, and the reason I ask that question is because if I take the retirement along with my CalPERS, um, I'm penalized with Social Security. I will get less Social Security. So I'm trying to avoid that. And so my question is related to, you know, should I roll it over into, a, you know, a 401... 401k. I have about 20000 in there. Or so, should I roll it over into Cal, my CalPERS with my 403B or my 457? I have a couple of options there. There is no instant answer I can give you on that question. I know you want me just to be able to give you one. I can't. Mm-hmm. But I can okay. tell you the right way to get to the answer, and it won't cost you a lot to get to it. Okay, wonderful. All right. First question to guide you the right way, are you a member of a teacher's union or a university professor's union of any kind? Yes. All right. Do you know, does the union offer where you can sit down with someone they have in-house who can lay out for you the the advantage of staying in the pension plan or of rolling that over into a 401k? Is that a service that they have on staff that you could get a professional answer to that? Yes, we do. Okay. Then have you sat down with that individual? I called yesterday to make an appointment, and they have yet to return my call. Okay, so you and I were on the same exact wavelength. That's so funny. Absolutely. All right, so the second possibility, and there's always a question who the union is using 
if it's a commission person or something like that, then the advice may be suspect. But the alternative mm-hmm. is to go to the Garrett Planning Network. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of Garrett Planning Network, but you can pay someone an hourly rate, almost like going to a lawyer for a consultation. Mm-hmm. And that individual who does not receive commissions for anything he or she would advise can look at the plan and figure out for you if mathematically you're better off having a reduction in Social Security benefit but getting the benefit you'd get from this twenty grand being part of a pension or, in fact, would you be better off moving it into a 401k? There is no snap automatic answer to it, which is why you have to go to somebody who can look at the plan documents, look at how the numbers would play, and give you an answer. I would be doing you harm if I just gave you a back-of-the-envelope answer here because too much money for your future is involved. Mm-hmm. And I, yes, I appreciate that. So I will start with uh, the university, and I will also look into Garrett Planning Network. And ge- that is actually the web address. It's g a double r e double t planningnetwork dot com. Okay. Perfect. And you'll be able to find somebody. Just pop in your zip code. You'll be able to find somebody near you. You find out what their hourly fee is, and they'll give you as best I've always been able to determine a straight up honest legit answer to a complicated question like yours and mike is with us on the clark howard show hello mike hey clark Uh, nice to meet you newbie here and i love your show well glad to have you your insurer has decided that they want a lot more ransom from you for premiums (laughs) is that right oh that is correct what happened nothing (laughs) i don't know we don't know what happened Is this for uh, homeowners or auto? It's homeowners insurance. Wow, and they're doubling your homeowners insurance? Well, it has doubled. We've been in our present home for uh, 15 years now. And in the last, uh, I'd say the last two, two and a half years, whatever, it, it has uh, doubled. Okay, so you are a resident of the state of Florida, correct? Correct. Your insurer doesn't want you in the worst way. That's what's going on. Yeah, I got that feeling. And when we first bought, when we bought our first house in Florida in '91, uh, it was uh, well, whatever year it was, it was right after Andrew went through South Florida, and there was no one that was writing homeowners policy. And we were able to get with this insurance uh, company, and uh, we've been with them ever since in the first house and now in this house. And it's just getting to the point where it's ridiculous. And what kind of premium are they charging you under the renewal that's so high? Uh, the premium, uh, you know, the price per year, it uh, it's actually two parts. Right now, it's uh, forty eight hundred and change uh, per year, and we're putting a six hundred and forty square foot addition on our house, and they want to go up another twelve hundred. So you'll so be six thousand a year. And the total value of your property at that point will be how much? I want to say probably 350000 Okay. You know, the crazy thing, 6000 probably doesn't even cover their risk in the state of Florida. So uh, it could be worse. In fact, I know it can be worse because I own a home in the state of Florida. I'm paying a fair amount more. So what you can do and what I would suggest 
is go ahead and call an independent agent. You don't use a website for Florida insurance quotes. Okay. Call an independent insurance agent and get him or her to quote you for the same coverages you have on your policy declaration with your current insurer. And you may find that the grass is greener on the other side of the street, that you may be paying a lot more than you need to, or you may find that really the marketplace is in the range of the six grand. Well, what's crazy to us, uh, Clark, is that uh, while the builder that uh, is building this addition, I've, I've been in his home, <laughs> and he's, you know, and there, he's uh, quoting you know a little over two thousand dollars per year and, and well that's why you go get quotes yeah because if you find out that what the builder's paying is what you should be paying that it really is that there's insurers that are willing to take on the risk at a third of the premium per year then really it truly is your insurer saying you know if you want to stay with us this is what we're going to charge you but we're happy for you to go somewhere else Right. In fact, what all the insurers are doing, and you were with one of the mainline insurers, is if you call them and you say, hey, this is, this is too rich for my blood, and do this after you get quotes elsewhere, they will transfer you to an internal office that will then shop you with third-party insurers. They're trying to offload the risk, and they'll be happy to help you go find somebody else who's crazy enough to take on the risk of a Florida home. But, but start by getting your knowledge from an independent agent, having a sense of the where the prevailing rates are, and then you'll know where to go next. And I hope your project with your addition goes really well, Mike. Here on the Clark Howard Show, I want to make sure that people don't take advantage of you, that you don't get ripped off. But I have a special place in my heart for the men and women of an all-volunteer military, and I despise the locusts who rip off these brave men and women. It's the subject of today's Clark Rageous Moment. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. There's a lender called Security National Automotive Acceptance Company, which, never heard of them, right? that I talked about a few years ago for ripping off members of the military and stealing money from them in the millions and intimidating them by saying they were going to rat them out to military superiors and get their security clearances lifted and destroy their military future if they didn't pay this, that, or the other. Well... They were supposed to pay restitution. Now, an update to the story, they haven't paid the restitution according to new legal action against them. What kind of despicable scum would hurt our nation's military readiness, threaten our brave soldiers and sailors, and then in turn, when they get caught, not pay the restitution owed? I want you to know this. If you or a family member are in the U.S. military, there are special rights that you have involving your debts. And these debt, these rights are specific to you because of the disruption you have in your life from deployments. 
I have a guide at Clark.com and links for you to know your rights. And don't allow somebody to intimidate you, browbeat you, or try to take advantage of you. I am grateful to you for your service. And we as a country do owe you a debt of gratitude. And for people to take advantage, to lie and cheat and steal from you makes them a lower form of life that I despise. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com save. That's quickenloans.com S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. It's great you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so that you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. Clarkdeals.com is where we keep you up to date every day on the latest, greatest deals available to help you stretch your wallet. But right now I want to talk about a deal that's better than a wallet stretcher we would have for you at Clark Deals. How about free? Free. I find that when people start feeling like they need to get fit, that there's such a tendency to think, well, the way I'm going to get fit is I'm going to go pay money. I'm going to go join a gym or I'm going to go hire a personal trainer. And there are people that that's the right thing for. What's not the right thing is never sign a contract with a gym that obligates you to pay for a long period of time. You're best off joining a gym that you can be a member month to month, that you can drop out at any time, free of penalty. But again, You may not have the money even for that. What if you could get your workout and have access to personal trainers for free? That's the idea of something that I mentioned a while back that is now booming called Fitness Blender. Fitness Blender, which you access on YouTube, and is a website or a YouTube channel that supports itself based on the ads that are served with the channel, now has 4 million subscribers. 4 million. And the people behind it 
are just into helping you get fit. There are others as well, if you go look on YouTube, that are offering fitness channels where they offer you a fitness workout for free. It's a matter of you finding the workout style that suits you. My wife is really into yoga and can tell you that the difference from instructor to instructor is dramatic. You know, they're all instructing in yoga, but every one of them is different. The pacing, the way they do it, the way they, their energy in the class. So same thing if you're watching uh, YouTube or doing a YouTube fitness program, you've got to be in sync with the instructor who you're following. But think about how fantastic that is if you have the ability to self-motivate and you can have a personal trainer that you're able to train with each and every day along with four million of your closest friends and you're able to get fit, get healthier, and become who you want to be in terms of fitness and do it for nothing. Now, the one I mentioned up front, again, I'll say its name again, Fitness Blender, but I want to point out once more, this is not the only one available on YouTube. There are many, many of these personal fitness programs that are available for free that can get you fit. You know, I I, I used to uh, run a lot more than I do now. My body can't take the amount of running I used to. But I used to laugh that the only gym I needed were my good pair of running shoes. That that was all I needed because I've already paid taxes for the streets I run on. It doesn't have to be expensive to be fit. Panna is with us on the Clark Howard Show. How are you doing? Hi, Mr. Clark. How are you? I'm having a wonderful day. Let me see if I can serve you. Um, well, I'm having a little bit of problem. I, I'm trying to buy a house. Two years ago with my same income and everything, they were giving me 185000 I mean, they were pre-approving me. And last month with the same income and with the same paper, and uh, they, they were uh, trying to give me 125000 so I asked them why is that, and this is the uh, uh, you know all these federal federal uh, rules and regulations change. So okay, yeah, so. the federal rules and regulations did not change. What changed is what I think they call putback or something like that. The okay. the banks, a lot of them have blinked and they're afraid to make loans under the same terms and conditions they did before even though the federal regulations did not change. The underwriting okay. standards for, uh, for conventional loans from the federalized Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac have not changed. The FHA rules have not changed. It's the lenders that are saying that are kind of like the, they're the storefront. They're like the retailer for the loan people. They have changed their rules, but not all of them. Okay, so then uh, then I have decided that if I, uh, it would be a good idea to um, 
get a, a rent to own homes and uh, I don't know what's the good side or bad side. All right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to recommend that. What I'm going to tell you is that because the lender you talked to said that you can only buy with the same income you had years ago, you can only buy a house that's one-third cheaper than what you had qualified for before. What I would encourage you to do is go talk to two organizations. I'd like you to go talk to a mortgage broker. Don't talk to a bank. Go talk to a mortgage broker. And mortgage brokers have a lot of flexibility about who they approach with a loan based on your situation. Are you self-employed or do you work for a company? Okay, self-employed, uh, the, the banks don't want to touch self-employed, but a mortgage broker can, easier today than they could have a few years ago, can place a loan for someone who is self-employed. So before you start looking at the option of uh, rent with an option to buy kind of thing, right. I'd much rather you go back and try the loan route again And if you talk with the mortgage broker, see what he or she can do for you. And then the other thing is a lot of the bigger credit unions, are you a member of a credit union? Yes. A lot of the bigger credit unions are doing loans for self-employed known as portfolio loans, where Mm -hmm. the credit union does the loan and keeps the loan in-house. But there is one difficult thing I need to run by you. When you are self-employed, you are generally going to be expected to put in a larger down payment. How much down payment money would you guess you have available to you? Um, I can put $10,000. $10,000? Right. That likely will not be enough, I wouldn't think. Okay. But again, I'm not the the lender. I would talk with those two sources and see what answers they come up with for you. As far as doing a lease with an option to purchase, if that is where you end up, the question would come, how do you actually go through with buying the place two years from now? And the similar issue would come up, and that is you would have to spend the next couple years saving up a lot more money for down payment. You'd have option money you'd be paying as the lease purchase option money that you'd be paying every month that would help you build up additional. But when you are self-employed, you're expected to put down a substantial down payment more in the range of $30,000 instead of the $10,000 that you're at right now that you can afford to put. So it's not a question if you can buy a home, it's what it'll take you to get there. Matt's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Matt. Hi, Clark. How are you? I'm having a great day, Matt. What's going on? Well, so um, I'm an active duty service member, and I currently have a traditional uh, TSP. But well, first, we... thank you for your service to our country. Well, thank you for your service in the State Guard. I appreciate it. Certainly. Captain Clark. <laughs> so my question is, now that they offer uh, a Roth version, should I switch over to the Roth version? I have... I have a little over 100000 in the traditional TSP, and they don't let you roll it over into the Roth version, uh, so it would have to stay as a traditional one. Well, actually, but, uh, I like that scenario because you have a lot more flexibility in retirement 
when you have a pre-tax pile of money like you do now with the hundred grand in the thrift savings plan, if you start from here forward in your career putting your money in the Roth TSP, it means in retirement age you'll have a pre-tax pile and a post-tax pile of money. Well, I have two Roth IRAs, one for myself and my wife, um, with a little over 100000 in them as well. So Okay, wait, 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 wait. How did you get this in you to be such a phenomenal saver? It was my wife. She's a, she's a great saver, always has been. And uh, when we got married, she knocked me on the head and, and brought me around. So, Well, she um, sounds like now. my best friend. <laughs> yeah, she loves you. She would love to hear you say that because uh, that's, that's as good as talking to God in her book and God's approval. So, My goodness. Thanks. Okay. So I, I like that going – what level are you in the military? Are you an officer? I, I am. And what level officer are you? Um, 03. Uh, okay. 10 years enlisted and then four years officer. So Great. So possibility of retiring at 20 but probably go to 30. So as an 03, you make a decent amount of money, but not a huge amount of money, meaning that your tax rate is such that it would be to your advantage to do the Roth TSP here on out. You already have a, a hundred grand in the traditional TSP. You got the hundred grand in your Roths. I, uh, when when you look at the balance, if you were if you were a general, you'd be making enough money that I would say, you know what, because a general would be older too, maybe you just stick with the traditional TSP. But as an 03 and being younger, I would encourage you to do everything forward in the Roth TSP, and then you have money in retirement that you can spend not worrying about what the tax bill will be. Great. Great information. Well, I really appreciate it, and I will make that change. And so maybe your wife needs to take my job. She probably would love to, um, but then we wouldn't have a Clark Howard, and that would make her sad. Uh-huh. Matt is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm well, Clark. How about yourself? Great. Thank you, Matt. How can I serve you? Well, I, I'd like you to try to clarify something for me. You, I hear on your show all the time, you talk about the piece of trash, fake Visa, fake, uh, fake MasterCard. Yes. And you say that I don't enjoy the same protections using it online, but there's another financial radio host who says entirely the opposite. So long as I don't use my PIN number, he says, um, I enjoy the same protections from Visa and MasterCard. I just would hope you could clear it up for me. Yes, I, in all due respect to another host, I must tell you that he, he or she, it's a he. he is mistaken. That it is a common mistake that people assume that the protections are the same because it'll have a Visa or MasterCard logo on it. But well, a debit card does not enjoy the same protections, even if used as, you know how they ask you debit or credit, right? and instead of doing pen-based, you can sign for it. You do right. not get the same protections, even when you say credit or online for an online purchase, transact as if it's credit. You do not. In fact, if you have a dispute, let's say you buy something online. And you pay for it with a credit card. And you don't receive the merchandise. You have the right to dispute the charge. And the credit card company has to do an investigation. And 
normally because failure to receive goods or services, a credit is posted back to your account. With and a, even if I'm sorry, go ahead. Even if it, even if I process the debit card through their system, I don't I don't enjoy those same rights. You do not enjoy those. Oh, okay. And it is it is something that the I remember years ago. This was a, a funny thing. I had been just trashing Visa over and over again on the air and naming Visa and saying what pigs they were. That was the word I used, that they were so mean-spirited that they would run this advertising for the piece of trash fake Visa card and pretend that it was this wonderful thing and that you could use it like a credit card, blah, 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 but that they fought tooth and nail every attempt in Congress to give the debit card the same consumer protections as a credit card. So then we had this spokesperson, the media spokesperson for Visa, on the air with me. And he said on air, either mistaken or lying, I can't, can't, I don't know what it was, I can't, I'm not in his head, he said just what you heard from this talk show host, that the protections were the same. So then we sent him, after he was on the air, the wording of what their card actually provides for, and their their statement to us was that he had misspoken, I think was the word. It was something like that. (laughs) And so Visa, Visa, you're still pigs. There is no no excuse for the bad behavior where – if they really make so much money off the piece of trash fake Visa or fake MasterCard, if it's that profitable for them that they push it so much, why not just extend real protections to shoppers? Because think about this. You buy something. Let's say you make a $200 purchase online for somebody for a gift or whatever amount. And you pay for it with a piece of trash fake visa, and that merchandise doesn't show up. And they say, "Tough, you're out the money." How are you going to feel? Yeah, I, I I appreciate the clarification. I, I was under the impression I was protected, and no, I would feel terrible. Yeah, so I I you know there's a lot of material that any talk show host covers. So I, you know, let's just go with the benefit of the doubt that the host you heard was mistaken. But, yes, it is plain, absolute fact that the law does not provide similar protection. Well, thank you very much, Clark. I appreciate it. Okay. Have a great day. And for for you, if you are going to do online shopping for Christmas gifts for people, if you have a credit card in your wallet and you have a debit card in your wallet, for online shopping, only use the credit card, unless it's money you don't care if you lose. You know, when you're a kid, there are a lot of things that you think exist. Unicorns, dragons, mermaids, you name it. When you're a kid, it's real. But when you find out later that they don't, well, it's kind of disappointing. Of course, as you get older, you get over the disappointment. But when you're looking to buy a car, there's nothing worse than finding the one of your dreams online, and then you find out later... It doesn't really exist. It's not true. That's why at TrueCar, they show you real pricing on actual inventory. This isn't pricing offered to you by TrueCar. 
It's an actual VIN-based price from a TrueCar certified dealer in your area. Real prices. And these aren't just any dealers either. TrueCar certified dealers are a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency. They offer competitive prices and a faster, easier buying experience for you. It's a fact. True Car customers are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with the True Car certified dealers. And, on average, they save over $3,000 off the MSRP. So when you're ready to buy that dream car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. This is Norman Lear with my great sidekick, Paul Hip. Good to be here with you, Norman. On All of the Above. That's the name of my podcast, All of the Above. And uh, it's called All of the Above because we're going to talk about All of the Above. There isn't anything sacrosanct. There's nothing too above us or uh, below or us. Or below us. Well, certainly nothing too below us. But we have had guests you cannot believe. Yeah. Guests. Julie Louis-Dreyfus. Amazing. Yes. And America Ferrara. Jared Carmichael. Yes. Oh, Amy Poehler. How did we overlook? We didn't overlook Amy Poehler. I was saving her for last. And Charles Barkley, I was saving him for first, actually, because I didn't declare up first. I get to hang out with this guy. And this is your chance to hang out with Norman Lear a little bit here and some of these great guests. God, I wish I was you hanging out with Norman Lear. Yeah. <laughs> Son of a gun. See? That must be exciting. It's the yeah. best. He's, oh. I'm telling you. Don't miss all of the above with Norman Lear. Download new episodes every week on the Podcast One app or subscribe at podcastone.com. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. I'm so glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our web address. Clark.com slash ask if you have a question for me. Now, I need advice from you. I need to know from you when I come up short, when I fail to give advice that you feel is on the money, when an opinion I have you feel is lame. And that's why we have Clark Stinks at Clark.com. It's where you can go post, blow off steam, try to set me right, and other people get to read what you wrote. They can agree, disagree with you on there, and weekly... 
Krista, our producer, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks and then reads them here for you on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. So what you're starting with, Krista? Clark, I've been stewing on this one for a few days. I'm 24, and thanks to you and some good old common sense, I've been saving for retirement and making the right choices with my money so that I can minimize the amount each month that I spend. I don't think that you stink, Clark. I've been listening to your show off and on for the better part of a decade. I used to listen to your show while riding to school on the bus to middle school. Cool kid alert. I do, however, (laughs) (laughs) think that you're severely out of touch on your opinions on Uber and Lyft driver ratings. You made a comment that the average person gives like 4.8 stars out of 5, and that people should take things into consideration before they rate hotels, restaurants, Uber drivers, etc., I don't know if you're aware, but Uber and Lyft have a rate, have rating standards that if you fall below this mark, you may be fired. I can't speak for Lyft, but Uber has a standard of four and a half stars. So even though you may think that four stars is pretty good, it's basically screaming to Uber that this driver needs to be fired and not be able to make future earnings. By all means, if the driver does something to offend, to offend, rate as you see fit. But rating someone a three because the ride was average is outright wrong. You are greatly impacting someone's livelihood because they did not do a song and dance while operating a motor vehicle. As a person that drives for who drives from Uber for, from time to time when I am saving for an excursion or a big purchase, this mindset worries me. I appreciate that, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's employment at all when I talk about that. The point I was trying to make is that although a lot of people have an opinion or an attitude that consumers tend to be too harsh, the reality is when consumers post reviews or give ratings, most often they are very generous, and everybody pretty much is above average unless... A business really, really alienates you or upsets you. And I think about my behavior when I'm uh, in an Uber and I get out and I'm asked to rate the driver. I, I always rate them five stars. And that's what most people do unless something crazy wrong goes on with the ride. And I think that's what most people do along the way. So the problem with ratings for so many things is the number of stars or circles or whatever it is we tend to be generous with those but you can learn more often from the comments posted like for a restaurant or a hotel than you can by the star rating or circle rating clark on your podcast earlier this week you stated it's silly the way we tax corporations referring to quote ridiculous high corporate income tax rates End quote. Are you sure? The Government Accountability Office reported that 20% of large profitable U.S. corporations pay no income tax, as in zero, zilch, zip, nada. In addition, we allow tons of highly profitable organizations to be completely exempt from payment of federal income tax, including sports leagues such as the NHL, NCAA, and PGA, as well as other highly profitable organizations such as the American Bar Association, Goodwill, the YMCA, churches, many hospitals, 
prestigious Ivy League colleges and their subsidiaries, and too many others to list. How much lower than zero can we go? In fact, quite lower. Many large profitable U.S. companies have paid negative tax rates year after year. In 2010, GE paid a negative 64% federal tax rate. DuPont paid negative 11.5% federal tax rate. Honeywell paid a negative 38.7% federal tax rate. And they go on, all of which are highly profitable, were highly profitable that year. I urge you to research the facts and reconsider your statement that corporate tax rates are too high. Oh, my goodness. If you could have proven my point more with a post, I don't think it's possible. Okay, so here's the deal. You proved that the problem with corporate income tax is that it's an influence peddling game. Now, you also mentioned the charitable organizations. They've always been at 0%. But with corporations paying a negative income tax in certain years and things like that, it's because of all the preference items, all the manipulation of the tax code, and all the individual lines put into the tax code on behalf of a lobbyist where a congressman or senator slips something into the code. So... Corporations, because their interests are so strong and they have so much money, are able to unduly influence the system. And a corporation that doesn't game it ends up paying 35% tax. Another that does game or buy influence pays as little as zero or, in the examples given, a negative tax. The reality is any tax that any company pays ultimately ends up coming out of your pocket or mine eventually anyway. So it would be so much better to level the playing field and not tax corporations. We would eliminate the corruption involved with corporate income tax. And the companies that play by the rules get punished. Those that manipulate the system get rewarded. And that is unhealthy for our country. Correction for Clark on driver safety six-hour course removing points from a license. Clark, you really should do your research before you make a statement like this. I recently spoke to a law firm that deals with moving violations. I was told that even though taking a driver safety course cancels out points from a ticket, the ticket still remains on your record for years. This means that if someone does get a moving violation on their record, their insurance rates will go up. What I have done in these situations is hire a law firm that specializes in traffic and moving violations, and they generally are able to have the ticket canceled with no fines or points. Their fee is about $400, which is about the same as the ticket was in New York City, but it prevents points from hitting one's driving record and raising rates. I don't really blame you for not knowing about this, as you are not King Solomon. I appreciate that post, and also the way... um traffic safety courses work, driver safety courses work, and the effect on insurance and on your driving record with a state are different in every state. But the general guidance you give that a ticket would remain just the points go away is probably accurate, and I probably oversold it. Clark S. Ungringo Loco. Man, Senor Howard really likes to disparage our American brothers and sisters who happen to live in other countries in this hemisphere. First, he warns that the U.S. could turn into a banana republic if we don't follow his sage counsel on taxes, even though the term banana republic dates from the practice of U.S. fruit companies of dominating Central American countries to avoid paying taxes that would have funded basic infrastructure and social services there. 
then he warns that the U.S. could turn into the supposedly third world country Argentina, even though Argentina's economic and human development is on par with many Central European countries. Let's face it, most people in the world would prefer to live in cosmopolitan Buenos Aires than in sterile suburban Atlanta. Finally, Clark lamented that Puerto Rico only has a few million residents, even though its population exceeds that of 20 U.S. states. Come on, Clark. Most Americans live outside the U.S. and relying on outdated live. Most Americans live outside the U.S. and relying on outdated stereotypes of Latin America doesn't help anyone. I think they mean are f- yeah. maybe from outside the U.S. I, I'm not quite sure, and I apologize uh, for offense at using the term "banana republic." It is <laughs> it is a shorthand expression. And I should come up with a better one, but I do feel quite passionate that we as a country should spend within our means. And the Argentine reference, and I've been to Argentina four times in my life, love Argentina, but the tragedy of Argentina is that it was as wealthy as the United States uh, just before mid-century, last century, and because of successive irresponsible governments with incredible spending problems, they now have fallen way back economically. And so you have to keep your economic house in order as a country for a country's creative, energetic, well-educated citizens to thrive. And in Argentina, citizens have spent so much of the last three generations, four generations, just trying to get around a messed-up system. I don't want that for us. I want us to have our act together. All right, so let's lighten things up with our weekly razor post. Oh, no. <laughs> this one's actually a question for how, you. How well do I look shaven today, Krista? Pretty good. Did a good job? Mm-hmm. I don't have my glasses on. <laughs> just kidding. Well, I just changed my blade after uh, six months. This one only made it half a year. Oh, man, 50 so. cents for half a year? No, no, it's that's a dollar-something blade that I just oh, whoa. shed after half a year. <laughs> Drying off razors. I've heard Clark talk for years about drying off razors after shaving. I see how you can dry off the top of the blade with a towel, but how does Clark dry off underneath the blades? Wouldn't this be where the water would collect and cause the blades to rust? You know, you may be right, but I've never had that problem. I just towel dry. I know other people use those drying machines that are now so widely available. And maybe I'd get, instead of six months, I'd get several years if I thoroughly dried my razor. But I've been happy at what I've been able to do, just towel drying. couple of posts about this. Clark, a few days ago, you advised a caller to store his passwords on a USB stick, and then he can look for them in his safe, lock them in his safe. To me, that is just as bad as writing them in a notebook. Further, according to our IT department, the free and giveaway USB sticks that you also mentioned during the call are the newest thing that hackers are using to infiltrate PCs. They are so cheap that they can buy them by the thousands, load their malware viruses on them, and then give them away. I think the best way to keep your passwords secure is to use a good password manager like LastPass or other, which will generate very complex passwords for each site. You only need to remember your master password. Plus, the password master password is not kept with the rest of your info. So even if your info was hacked, they couldn't decrypt it because they have no master password. I'm also using two-factor authentication with my password manager. So there really are several layers of security. 
And then this one. What if you're away from home, work, school, or vacation, and need a password on your thumb drive that you've got at home? Or worse yet, what if someone breaks in and steals your thumb drive while you're at work, school, or vacation? And then they 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 mentioned LastPass again. Have Clark never heard of LastPass? Even Clark would like that. It's so they said it's so simple. Even Grandma could use it. So now I'm a grandma. <laughs> I think I missed the point of that. But yes, all the all the things stated there are great. And Dashlane and LastPass are fantastic. And the simple version of Dashlane is free. I don't know if LastPass has a free version, but the uh, deluxe version of Dashlane costs you some money, but it is great peace of mind. I'm a big fan of Clark, but every time he says communist China, it makes me so upset. In one of his recent talks, he mentioned the real China is Taiwan, not mainland China. I don't want to argue with him about this, but as a public figure, Clark should really stay away from politics. Please don't make these kind of comments anymore. You're in trouble today, man. That's okay. You know, years ago, what did I used to call mainland China? Do you remember? Joel, why don't you say what? I know what it was. Red China? Yeah, Red China. And, uh, you know, that was from the Cold War. And then I learned to call it Communist China to separate it from Free China and Taiwan. And then I I guess I fell back into old habits because of late I've referred to it as China and Free China. And so uh, I... I need to probably ditch calling it Communist China or China run by the Communist Party. How about that? So I appreciate all your posts, and I want your feedback. I need your feedback. I need to know where, like that, falling into old habits. So go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know where you feel I'm missing the mark. When you have a question for me on the Clark Howard Show, go to Clark.com slash ask who did that, Joel? Clark Michael did. He said, I'm going to buy a new car really soon. Should I spend the extra money to get LoJack and a car alarm system installed? It'll be over two grand for those features. No. LoJack is a brilliant system. Brilliant. Works beautifully. And in fact, now, several of the newest models have their version of essentially what LoJack does. I have a car that I can track at any time with my smartphone. I know exactly where it is. I know if it's moving. I know how fast it's being driven. Up to the second. Lojack is that equivalent kind of idea. But you are taking on the financial expense for what really benefits the insurance company, not you. They will not give you over your life cycle of ownership of the vehicle enough premium discounts to counteract the cost of the LoJack or the car alarm. LoJack is one of those things that's good for society and good for insurers, but not necessarily something that's fantastic for you. As it becomes part and parcel of the way cars are made, it's going to make car theft, hopefully someday, knock on wood, a thing of the past. Clark Allen says, I'm looking for the best free or cheap legal forms website. I want to create an LLC and I need a quick claim form. What do you recommend? Well, be careful doing that kind of work yourself. But if you do want to do an LLC, LegalZoom.com is very good for that. There are a number of things you can do for yourself 
at a website that is operated by NOLO, N-O-L-O dot com. NOLO supplies forms. LegalZoom goes a step further. It's kind of like a paralegal site. Those are both the, they're the, the big guys in town in the space of you doing self-help legal work. So glad you're with us on the Clark Howard Show where you learn ways to save more and spend less and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you find deals on all kinds of things. Stuff available for sale. Travel. We got so many travel deals for you at Clark.com and also at Clark Deals. And we're moving into the peak travel season, which is why there have been these parades of surveys on who are the best travel suppliers and who are the worst. And the one that I look forward to every year is the one that's done by the American Customer Satisfaction Index. I love their methodology as they review different industries, all different types of industries, and put out a report once a year on who's doing a great job, who's doing an okay job, and who's doing a miserable job. And their brand new numbers are out for hotels and for airlines. And again this year, the best airline in the country by their criteria, JetBlue. JetBlue has an exceptional combination of good fares and generally superior service. And their score has gone up even from last year at a time where there's a lot of angst about the airlines, JetBlue has spread even further from the rest of the pack. Southwest in second place, Alaska in third place, and all three of those airlines are what I categorize as mid-price airlines. And that they hit that right note, generally, and no airline is perfect all the time. But those three generally deliver on their promises of giving you a better experience in the air and much better fares on average than you get from the three full fares, American, Delta, and United. And speaking of American and Delta, they are tied in this year's survey in behind JetBlue Southwest in Alaska And then right behind them, surprisingly, is one of the three hard discounters. Think of what's happened. I didn't ever think about this. We have three full fare airlines, we have three mid-price airlines, and we have three deep discount airlines in the United States. I never thought of it as, because they talk about, in business school, they talk about the rule of threes, and we got it times three. So Allegiant, which historically has not had good customer service ratings, and the American Customer Satisfaction Index came in ahead of United. And by the way, United's ratings, all the numbers were crunched before the unfortunate incidents have come up in video with United Uh, having that passenger forcibly removed from the plane, knocking his teeth out, giving him a concussion. Um, What else did he have besides 
He had one other injury besides the teeth knocked out and the concussion. Anyway, Dr. Dell, um, Frontier and Spirit bring up the back of the pack. Spirit, the lowest rated airline in America. The funny thing was just before I walked in the studio today, a gentleman stopped me to tell me a story about what happened to one of his really good friends. There was a spirit nightmare and all that went wrong. And spirit has improved its numbers, but is still at the bottom of the heap. But no airline is perfect every day, as I said. But you improve your odds if you fly the three mid-price airlines, again, in order that they finished overall, JetBlue, Southwest, Alaska. And with the three, they cover virtually, not, not any one of them covers the whole United States, but all three of them in combination cover pretty much everywhere in the U.S. Now, the other big travel area, hotels, who did it best in the hotel business? Drum roll, please. Two years in a row, Hilton Hotels, number one, followed by Hyatt and Marriott. But all three received overall higher ratings for customer satisfaction than any airline except JetBlue. So the hotel industry generally makes people happier. Behind Hilton, Hyatt, and Marriott, Starwood, which is now owned by Marriott, Intercontinental, and then there's a meaningful drop-off, Best Western, La Quinta, Choice, way behind Wyndham, and then the lowest score of all, Motel 6. I haven't stayed in a Motel 6 in a long, long, long time. Especially because with Priceline, I get cheaper hotels on Priceline than what it would cost me to stay at a Motel 6. If you do the Priceline where you don't find out where you're staying till after you paid non-refundable, all you do is save money. Tim is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Tim. How you doing, Clark? Hope I'm get, doing great, thank you. I want to get some advice from you. I had to buy a new washer and dryer. You know what? Nobody ever says, yippee, I'm so excited I'm getting a new washer and dryer. I, trust me, I wasn't excited about it. We had to, <laughs> we had a pair for 22 years, and nothing went wrong with it. So, you know, it, it's just time. to get. Well, you know, the great news, the new washer is going to save you a fortune. Well, that's what they claim. It's true. It really will in energy and in water and also even in detergent. Oh, I know. You can't even tell the thing if you're going to do small, medium, and large. The machine figures this all out for you, right? Yeah, pretty neat, except when it's not. What's wrong? Anyway, um, you know, so we had the machine for 22 years. It was X brand, the little guy with the blue hat. It was always lonely, so we went to the store, major retailer, and bought the same thing. And unbelievable what a washer and dryer cost versus 22 years ago, so... That's a different story. They're pretty expensive. So you go in the store and you buy it, and you buy it on Wednesday of one week, and they say, we need to deliver that to you, and that's probably true. Kind of heavy to get around by yourself. So they come out the next week, and they they bring it, just like they say. Um, But the problem was the delivery people weren't 
as careful as they should have been, and they put the hand truck on the front of one of the units, and they put a cosmetic scratch on it. So functionally, it's fine, but for the money you paid, you shouldn't have to be looking at a big scratch on the front of the unit. So they said, oh, yes, sir, you're right. We need to take it right away and take it back and bring another one. I said, no, can't do that. I've got a house full of kids and oodles of laundry that has to get done. You need to leave this. I think you should have let the kids have dirty clothes for a day and let them deliver a new well, one. Well, that, that was, it wasn't going to be a day. That was the thing. It was going to be like the fourth day of the following week. And it's like, yikes, can't do that. So they said, fine. Write a note on the on the receipt. Yes, sir, we damaged your machine. Call the store and settle up with them. They'll probably bring you a new one. So my question to you is, it's kind of a giant pain to get it out and bring a new one. If you called the store and settled up and said, I'm willing to live with the scratch, how much is a scratch and dent generally worth? Well, the only way to know that is to go to um, to any place other than where you bought this that sells washers and dryers and look at their scratch and dents, and they'll have on them how much of a discount they're giving for having the cosmetic scratches. Okay. And then you know what would be reasonable. And because I can't just say, oh, that should be worth 200 or that's worth 50 or that's worth 80. But normally it will be something north of, it'll be in three digits that would be worth because especially if you buy a high end washer or dryer, they're meant to be, um, well, I know this, I can't believe I'm using this term. They're meant to be pretty to look at. Yeah, and that's that's the case here. It was the it was the ultra high end. It's pretty. It makes a lot of little computer noises and all kinds of stuff. So it's so it's reasonable that you would get a significant discount. And if they don't want to do that, they just bring you a new machine. Okay. But I think you need a frame of reference by going and seeing what scratch and dents are worth. And that's what I was wondering. So it's just kind of like you have to go out and do your own reconnaissance work. Exactly, because there is no. I can't just say oh, well, they should give you 12.2% off or something like that. I, I can't even come up with a figure. Okay. Well, thanks for your help, Clark. Okay. And how many kids do you have to wash clothes for? Too many. A lot, huh? Too many. We, we can't have dirty clothes for more than two days here. I love it. <laughs> Steven's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Steven. Hi, Clark. How are you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. How can I be of service to you? Okay, so next month, I will be starting a new job, and my wife will be leaving her job. She's going to stay at home. So in regards to retirement, my work is going to have a 403B plan, and I wanted to know what options are are available to her for retirement. All right, well, let's talk about your 403B. You're going to work for a nonprofit or a governmental agency? It's a hospital. Hospital, okay. And at the hospital, do they provide any kind of match to the 403B? Um, I think they do. Okay. So when you say 403B, it causes my blood pressure to rise because I'm always worried about those because often 403Bs are junked with a lot of fees. And so 403Bs can be an expensive way to save for retirement. Usually with the 403B, I encourage people to save in one only up to whatever the hospital will match, and then past that, that you do your own Roth IRA with a low-cost provider. Okay. There is an exception, though, and then I'll get to your question about your wife. There is an exception on the 403B. There is one very large 
403B provider that's different than pretty much everybody else who does 403Bs, and it's a company called TIAAF, T-I-A-A-C-R-E-F, who offer ultra-low-cost, offer offers, whichever that would be, uh, they offer ultra-low-cost 403B plans. And with them, you could feel comfortable putting in as much of your pay as you wish. Okay. But what was the questions about your wife specifically now working at home? She's not going to be working at all. So should I, can I have a retirement account for her also? Yes. Or should I just put into mine? No, it's actually a good strategy. If you put money in the 403B up to the match and you're still putting money away for retirement and for your wife, you do something known as a spousal Roth, which she's allowed to have any amount from zero up to $5,500 a year in the spousal Roth. It was a, a special provision of the law that dealt with um, moms of young children that more often than than guys with young children will stay home or work less than full time. And so women tend to fall way behind on retirement savings. And that's why even though she's not going to be working outside the home, she'll be eligible to do the spousal Roth IRA. Okay. And I have a guide on ClarkHoward.com, Stephen, that will give you some direction on what I think are the the best ways to set up that spousal Roth for your wife. Okay. And with your 403B, they're not going to be jumping for joy to give it to you, but it's reasonable for you to ask to see a document that will show you the expenses that you'll have to pay in the... 403b plan it's not at all unusual for a 403b plan to have expenses 10 times what an ira or a roth would have and that's money you're paying that's not going towards your retirement for management fees and commissions okay thanks thanks for the information okay best to you Alyssa's with us on the clark howard show hi Alyssa. how are you today Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Alyssa, you are a teenager who's already interested in investing. Is that a true story? Yes, I am. How old are you, Alyssa? I'm 15 years old. Wow. So you are ninth or 10th grade? Yes, I'm in ninth grade. Ninth grade. All right. And what got you interested, inspired about the idea of investing? Um, my history teacher, we're learning a lot about economics, and I've like started to take a real interest in it, and he told us a story about how he invested in stock, and I thought it was really interesting, and I've always had like an interest for it, so I guess now it's just starting to grow, and I think that's really something I'd like to do. Well, how much cash do you have? $200. You're set, because the stockbroker Charles Schwab will allow you as a teenager to open an account and invest with $100 or more because they want to capture you when you're young and hope that you stay and grow with them all through the years. I had a question, like, what is the best way to go about investing in stocks? Well, my belief is that you start with what's known as a total stock market fund where you own little pieces of thousands of companies 
instead of trying to pick one company, one stock, you can't really get to a place where you're investing. You're more speculating when you buy the stock of one company. But if you own little pieces of thousands of companies, that's, to me, where you start. And then over time, if you want to buy stock in individual companies you believe in, you add those to what you're doing. Okay. But as an example, if you went to Schwab, they have a fund called the total, no, they call it the Broad Market ETF, which is a form of an index fund, exchange traded fund is what ETF stands for. And so you could okay. take your $200, put it in that Broad Market ETF, commission free, and as you want to buy more stuff, you can add more money to it. And at some point, if you want to buy individual stocks, you could do that. Okay. And I think you'd love the experience because you'd learn so much about what makes up investments. You know, that it's that if you go into a broad market fund, you're investing all at once in technology stocks, big company stocks, uh, mid sized companies, small companies. They're all in there together. And you get a report every so often that shows you everything you own and what percent of what makes up each dollar you invest is in each of those things. I think it's much more valuable starting out than saying, well, I love uh, this company. You know, I, I uh, I use it on my phone all the time or whatever. You know, you're not really learning investing by buying something that way. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Well, have a great day, and I'm always thrilled when I hear someone at your age being interested in investing. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Here's an interesting fact for you. There are nearly one million new books published in the U.S. alone every year. One million. So if you like to read... How do you choose what you're going to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes in. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review publications for over 80 years. They do a deep dive on thousands of titles every year, including interviewing best-selling authors and telling you what might be the hot new release before everyone else knows. So figure out what your next read is going to be. Download Fully Booked right now on the Podcast One app at Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com. What we're learning about the Manchester Bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd, I'd never really come across them yeah. in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, he never seemed to speak back to you. He was just like, kept themselves to themselves, and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.